You are listening to The Whole Half with Anna the Holy Banana. My goal is to keep it real by sharing it all and holding space for others to do the same. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you on the Whole Half Podcast. I think we're on episode 18 now, which is just insane. I can't believe I've had so many amazing conversations on here. Um, I'm happy to have you as one of them. Um, For those listening, Sarah and I went to undergrad together at St. Lawrence University. We actually, I think, knew of each other before we knew each other. Um, I would see her at the gym all the time. We were there early mornings all the time before classes, but then we wound up being in some of the same classes because we were in, um, I know I have a sports studies and exercise science minor and she's nodding her head yes. So she was also in that minor. That's why we were all of the same classes, probably more towards our senior year, we were sharing those classes. But um, yeah, since then we've stayed connected on Instagram and I've kind of followed her as she's moved through jobs and moving down South. And it's just been fun to stay connected with someone that I knew in person and now um, from afar. So I am excited to have her on who knows what we'll chat about. There's so many things that we could chat about, but we'll get into an organic conversation. First though, I will turn it over to Sarah and let her update us on where she's at and give a little bit more of a formal intro. And yeah, we'll go from there. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. I love podcasts, so I'm so excited to be part of one and with my favorite person ever. (laughs) Definitely like my role model in life. Oh my Um, gosh, thank you. For real, it's, it's super enjoyable to see your social media and content creation and how you've also grown, which is very, I, I'm a, I guess I would say like science-minded person who also is very passionate about content creation, mental health, nutrition, like I'm vegan, um, just being outside all the time. Um, and I related to you very much so in school <laughs> with that. And also as we've both grown together, I think like in social media, because we are kind of far apart, Mm-hmm. Um, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, but it has been a long time coming um, that I moved down to Charlotte. Um, I started in upstate New York. I'm from Cooperstown, New York. Um, and I and I know your sister, right, is is around, um, which is really yeah. Super, yeah. I mean, side note, she actually <laughs> left her job in Cooperstown and is back in the area, which I'm excited right. about because I have her back. But yeah, she yep. spent, I think, two years, um, a year or two in Cooperstown. So yeah, close to where you were. Yeah, and it's a really cute little town. Um, it's very small, um, which is why I chose St. Lawrence because it's also a small, t- small school, small town. Um, and I uh, majored <laughs> in biology and chemistry, and then minored in the exercise science and sports studies. Um, and I guess initially I, I thought I was going to go to med school. I was prepping for it my whole life. I was in the hospital here working when everybody else was on their spring breaks in like Cancun, Florida. I was back here in my hometown working 12 hour shifts in the ICU, um, prepping to go to med school. Um, and then fast forward a few years later, decided I took GREs, took MCATs, uh, and decided, you know, clinical medicine is, is a lot. I really want to have a family. Um, so I kind of was like at a loss. Um, and this was like a huge part of my life where I was, I knew since I think 
in my fifth grade yearbook, it said like, what does she want to be when she grows up? And it was like brain surgeon. So like, since like the dawn of time, <laughs> I was ready to go to med school. I was gearing up and getting ready to go. And I had the test grades that got into school. Um, and then for the first time in my life, it was a moment where I was at a crossroads because I, for the first time, had no idea what I actually wanted to do. My whole life, I was going to med school. Um, so this was a really <laughs> big part of my life that I'm still learning from today. And I'm still kind of recovering from it, I guess you could say, um, when you think you know what you want to do your whole life, and then your world either flips upside down, whether it's a, a traumatic event, or just kind of a you learn more about yourself <laughs> as you grow up, what you're into, what you're not into, um, the people that you're friends with, the people that you're not friends with, you know, the people that you get along with and those that you don't. Um, so this kind of started my whole, Anna and I are kind of had a similar job uh, experience. We kind of worked in a similar field too, um, which is really funny because I thought it was never something that I thought I was going to be working in. Um, and I don't think you necessarily like saw yourself working in that field either. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 I quickly learned that I was working in like a very high stress job and I'm a very like anxiety ridden person. I would definitely be honest and say like very high anxiety, um, a perfectionist. And I don't take negative criticism well at all. Um, so I found myself ironically in like a very similar position as Anna um, with also similar hardships and struggles with not only like the career, um, but how taxing it was on me mentally. Um, and just being in a spot where for the first time I re was realizing that I couldn't put my mental health first um and stuff like that and it's really terrifying um when you feel kind of stuck in a way like that um and I know we super duper related because we were <laughs> I was I was cheering you on when you were leaving when I was trying to build up my like we were chatting <laughs> about, we were like, tactics like tactics like okay so uh what do you where if you want to go to your boss and you say like I, it's not that I don't like you but it's like I really like don't belong here like I'm not like this isn't the perfect cutout position for me um so it was kind of funny because we were kind of like helping each other along <laughs> in that boat um but I I ended up in in a much better place I would say now I did take Anna's advice and really I had to gain a lot of self-confidence um I always like being the person who is I'm the kind of person who feels guilty for leaving their job. Like you should never feel guilty for leaving your job, no matter mm -hmm. how much help you give them. Um, but yeah, that's like, a, it's a little bit of an intro background slash like partial life story lesson moment. Um, but I would say like in terms of like my background and who I am, like a really big part of who I am was thinking I knew who I was and then really exposing myself to more of life and more of different types of people in different situations and realizing like, hey, you don't have to be the person that you were freshman year in college, like carrying your seven textbooks to pre-med classes um, and then turning around and working in, for me, it was pharmaceutical marketing and advertising. Like I took no marketing and advertising courses. I'm not, I was working as a project manager. Anna, you know, like about the project yeah. manager, whole nine yards, um, but you, you realize like, in a second, you know, you could end up in a different position doing a different thing and you don't have to love it. Um, and uh, that's just kind of been who I have been for the last like three years, I would say, is just kind of learning and growing um, and really like taking the reins on my life, I would say. And I've learned a lot of that from you and kind of just being like, okay, like being 
okay with discomfort and lack of perfection in a moment and realizing that like a moment is only a moment mm-hmm. in life you know what I mean yeah. um so yeah that's like my, my background uh in, in a nutshell it's it's a little complicated but like no thank, thank you for that <laughs> thank you yeah. for the intro I think it gives everyone listening an idea of where we first met how we've stayed connected and why we connected and resonated with each other so right um, I had took some notes on that because so many thoughts were like, <laughs> oh, we can talk about this and oh, we can talk about this. But um, I'm going to start with the first thing to the jobs that we were in when you said that like everything happens for a reason and it's just a moment and you can land in a position that you completely have no plan to. Um, I can speak to that just a little bit and we can go back and forth on this. But um, when I first graduated college, I actually, I chuckle at you saying that you were working in the hospital when everyone was on spring vacation and like doing that kind of thing I remember when I first graduated senior week at SLU so the uh, the college St. Lawrence University puts on a week for seniors to just kind of like celebrate getting through the four years like spending that last week together with all your friends um, it's really just a big party that the school's <laughs> the school puts on um, I was never into the party scene I like I <laughs> I've never been drunk I just I don't drink like it's just not the thing that I do um so that senior week I wound up actually coming home and working thinking like oh I'm gonna get ahead on my career blah blah blah. and I mean things like that where I've grown so much from those and I'm sure Sarah can agree like we took life so seriously when maybe like obviously no don't do things that make you uncomfortable but um give yourself permission to live a little (laughs) like I look back at that time in my life and I was a completely different person I thought like Sarah said like I thought that I had to be the exact person that I was then for the rest of my life and I was so rigid with myself I had so many rules around like how to live life what I could and couldn't do Um, and it really limited me and ultimately like I came home and worked that senior week um, thinking like yeah like I'm gonna come home and work like be the responsible person and it didn't really do anything I was working a job that I really didn't want I was just doing it for the money to say that I had a job outside of college um and then a couple months later I don't even remember applying to this job the one that Sarah was referring to my project management job I literally don't even remember applying to it I must have applied in the spring um I got an email back from them midsummer said like hey are you still interested I interviewed and I got the job um and it was an office coordinator. That's where I started at this company, um, right in town in Lake Placid. Like I said, no recollection of applying. Like it's just a sign that I shouldn't have taken that job because I wasn't super passionate about it. But at the time, like my situation, the people around me, they were encouraging me to take it because it came with benefits and money and like security. And two years later, I, that job, I mean, yes, it was a lesson and I learned a lot and I would never ever go back and take away that experience in that role. But I moved from office coordinator to office coordinator and producer to office coordinator, producer and project manager. And then eventually office coordinator came off of my plate, but I was still working these other positions. And like Sarah said, like mentally taxing, like you had to learn how to take criticism, have thick skin. You like you were the messenger that everyone hated. And 
I hated it. And like, I, I told myself like, oh, I've got thick skin. Like I can handle this, but it was really hard on days where things got super tough to just let those things, um, bounce off. Like eventually it got to the point where it was like, no, like (laughs) this is not a healthy environment. Like you can be impermeable from it for a little while, but eventually, um, when you're told something long enough, you start to believe it. And I think that really played a role in that kind of position. And I know Sarah, when I was going to leave my position, I posted on my Instagram that I was leaving, like it was my last day. And she shared that like that gave her inspiration to go talk to her boss and like be real about the fact that she wasn't happy with where she was at. And I mean, I've always said this, the reason that I do what I do, like I share is even if it helps one person be better or avoid the pain or hardship that I've had to go through, like if we can help each other through that, um, it's worth it. And that message was like, wow, okay, we're, we're, yeah. we got this. Cause it's scary to step away from something like that. It, it is true that um, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to leave a job cause you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You're letting them down, but at the end of the day, if it's not a healthy environment, if it's not helping you forward to be the best version of yourself, then um, it's a life lesson. So yeah, project management, um, we definitely have in common. That was a really tough chapter. And from what I understand, you're not in that type of position anymore, right? Yeah, I, so fast, or I guess rewind back. So this was right before, basically, Anna left her job like six months basically before I like finally decided to like pull the trigger and do mm-hmm. it on myself. Um, I got stuck in, I was working in Manhattan. So if anybody knows Manhattan, which if you don't, <laughs> you do now, you will now. Um, it's like the grind culture is super toxic. So you, luckily for you, and I'm not saying luckily for you, because I think that it was probably an equal, like stressing, awful situation. Um, but smaller companies tend to be like a little bit nicer to their <laughs> employees. Um, but we were working like 75 hour weeks where like I was having like mental, I was on like, um, we went on a road trip and somebody asked me to do something at my job and I was off the clock and I was like, I couldn't, my computer was like dead in the car and I was like crying and I'm in Washington, DC, like I'm on a trip and they're like, well, you need to do this now. Like it was, it was awful. Um, and it, it's a very, I was an integrated producer. So similar to you, which is also like notorious, it's known as being a project manager. Um, but I got to the point where I was waking up every single day with such a heavy heart of just not wanting to get up. And if you know me as a personal person, people usually, I usually say like, when I introduce myself to people, I'm like, I already know I'm going to be too much for people. Like I'm, I'm very high energy, very smiley, like basically like a ray of sunshine. And like, unless something's really sad and that I'm like the biggest empathetic, like crybaby ever. Oh. I'm usually like a walking ray of sunshine. And when I was working in Manhattan and like my close friends would tell you that it was like, like a, like a lifeless, like, like my life was like sucked out of me. Um, mm-hmm. It was awful. Like the negativity in the workplace, outside the workplace, everything related to the workplace. Um, it was just extremely negative to the point where it was, I wasn't enjoying life and I wasn't taking any time for mental health, any, it, my, I, I'm a big runner, so I would run, um, but that would be it. And that was like, the most stressful part of my day, it was supposed to be the greatest part of my day. And it would turn into the most stressful part of my day because I'd be like checking my phone, like on the treadmill, like, are they going to need me? Like, do I need to run back to my apartment? Like it, it, it became like a full, my 
full-time job became like a double, triple, quadruple full-time job, like always on the clock. Um, but I eventually <laughs> took Anna's advice um, and I not only left my job, but I completely moved out of the Manhattan area and moved south into a kind of similar role. Um, but I have my master's in public health. Um, so I work a little bit closer to my master's now. Um, but it's, it's kind of a similar role, but the stress level is like completely different. Like it's a totally different realm, like in a positive way. Like it's a smaller company, they care about you. You're allowed to eat dinner at night and they don't yell at you for using the restroom when you have to go to the bathroom. Like you have, like, it was insane. And I don't wish it upon anyone, but I'm not working in that position anymore. I don't recommend people to work in that type of position if they care about their mental health. Like it's just insane. But the moral of the story is like, what I always say looking back is I went into that position for similar reasons as you as I needed to get a job out of college because for the first time I didn't know what I wanted to do and one of the slew alums was like hey like this sounds like something you might enjoy it's like creative but it's also like sciencey and I was like yeah um but then I got into it and I realized like it, I was in it for like the money and the money didn't outweigh the negative stress that was occurring in my life both physical mental emotional that was wreaking havoc on like not only me but like my family was experiencing my outbursts and my fiance now Matt was also ex extremely affected by it as well our household was super negative um so I it was just it was awful so moving forward I I try to like pull lessons from every single thing I do I know you're very like similar um and something that I just like really tell everybody around me from that experience is as much as staying in something seems very easy like it's very easy for you to like grow up in your hometown and be very comfortable in your hometown um, and you might have a job opportunity um, and everything may seem easy and you might be unhappy doing it so even though it's easy and you're not as happy as you could be like don't stay somewhere just because it's easy for me, I could have easily stayed in like a six figure job working in Manhattan and hated the rest of my life, like hated it. But other people from the outside would be like, well, she's got a six figure job in Manhattan and she's like really successful, but staying would have been easy and I wouldn't have been happy. So what I always tell people is like, even for a moment, if you are not happy where you are, you for the most, like 99% of the time have the ability to make it maybe a little difficult for yourself for a minute, but it's just go, like do it. Like it's not gonna be easy and it is easy to stay, um, but don't stay somewhere because it's easy. I just, I really tell people like my sister, I tell her that and all my friends because like, just because it's easy, don't do it. Like push yourself and you will be happier, I promise. So mm -hmm. I always, I always like circle back with that at the end, like when anybody's asking me like, well, like, how was your experience in Manhattan? I was like, I could have stayed. I left on my own, like you too. I'm sure you had like really great relationships with your coworkers, um, but staying would have been easy and it would have not been good for me. So I decided to make the leap and go, um, yeah. which I know did too. <laughs> that's a really, and that's, I think that brings up a really good point. It not just in like work, positions like I can say the same for <laughs> my marriage the easiest right. thing would have been for me to stay right and 
at the end of the day, I stayed a long time because of that, because it was easier, because we'd been together for 10 years, because, oh my God, the idea of splitting our lives apart and dealing with the, the like having to tell people and families and news and like we live in a small town and oh my God. But it, yeah, it would have been easy to stay, but um, the reason I left was because I realized it was easy for me to stay. I could have stayed, yes. I could have maintained that and, and just dealt with it. But I thought about, kind of like you said, it was affecting your family. Um, I had friends and family telling me that they didn't even recognize me. And I was just thinking forward to, if I ever have children, I, I don't want them thinking that this is okay. Like I can put up with this, but they should not have to. They should not have to live in a household that's like this. Um, so that is a huge reason why I left too, because I realized that, yeah, I can stay. That's easy for me, but it's affecting more than just me here. Um, and I mean, you do have to make, like, it's your decision. It's your life. And you can't make decisions based on how it affects other people. But that that one helped motivate me to actually get up and move out because mo- that, oh, yeah. that moving out process was... I've never experienced anything harder in my life. It, it like, it wasn't a, a death of a loved one or like a sudden like tragedy, but it, it was, you know, like it was, it was a loss. I actually was watching, I know this sounds super weird, but I was watching The Fault in Our Stars the other night and like, great the, book, great movie. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. it. Um, but I, like I was watching this movie and I was feeling the grief of watching Gus die and I'm so sorry if you haven't read the book and I just like completely (laughs) (laughs) shattered that um for you but yeah when when Gus passed away like the grief that I was watching Hazel experience I was like wait I know this grief like I felt this grief and it was the grief that I felt on the day that I moved out um so like yeah staying would have been easy but and, and moving out was the hardest most painful thing I've ever had to do but like you said I'm I'm better for it like I I did what was right for me and I'm it's paying off because I'm in a better spot I'm being true to myself Um, and I don't I don't think this brings up a point that I'm really passionate about I don't think it's fair to you or to anyone around you to stay somewhere where you're not 100% aligned or 100% happy with what or who you are, because it's not only affecting you, it's affecting the people around you. You cannot show up as your true self if you're not doing something that you're really passionate about. Um, yeah. And that job, like the the project management job, I, and I do have a fun exercise that I want us to do, <laughs> both of us together, um, after I bring this point up, but like that project management job, I went into that kind of like you said, like I was so like I was in a great place when I graduated college. Like I was happy. Like I, I was, I was thrilled that like I made it through college. Like I had a job. Like I, I don't know. I just, I was so happy with where things were going. And then I realized how cruel the world could be. Like, I'm, I don't want to talk poorly about the company or the people that I worked with because right, really, absolutely. I do like some, two, like two of my absolute best friends and their spouses who are or now my also like two of my absolute best friends, they came out of that. 
and I don't know what I would do without them because they were greatly um, like a support system as I went through my separation and divorce. So like, there's always, and that's kind of the exercise that I'm going to take us through in a second. There's always good things to come out of hard things, but that whole experience, like it just made me realize that um, like life, (laughs) life can be tough if you make it tough. If you choose to do the things that you're not into or you're not passionate about and you choose to just sit there and complain about it, then life is going to be tough. And I think that's something that I experienced a lot with. I was the youngest one in that company for a very long time. Um, And a lot of the older people were like, you know what, Anna, it's just how it is. Like, it's just how it is. Like life sucks and it's hard and it's miserable. And I was like, that doesn't feel right. I don't agree with that. (laughs) And they called me millennial and like, um, idealistic and like all these things but I was like no like if you're miserable leave like go do something else you don't have to stay doing something that you don't like and I think there was tension between me and some of my coworkers there because they just they were of that mindset where it was like no gotta pay the bills gotta do the job like I have no other choice I'm like actually you do have a choice like even I would go for walks at lunch and I would get heat from people sometimes for going for walks on my lunch break like oh well it would be nice if I could get out of this building I'm like oh well you absolutely totally you can. Absolutely can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're just not choosing to so that kind of thing like you have to choose at the end of the day how you're going to live your life and you not doing something in no by no means gives you the um the right to blame you not having like the willpower or motivation to get up and do that yourself you can't blame someone else for that like that's all on you like I I can't blame my dog for not getting out for a run like that's my job I can put him in the crate or bring him with me and go for a run um I think it's in our world it's become too easy to lay the blame elsewhere when we need to just look inward and say like all right what am I doing for myself and what am I not doing for myself and what can I change exactly um but on that note I mean they're like yeah those years for both of us in those positions sucked and I'm sure many people listening can be like yeah like I'm in that job now or I was in that job or like I think I just took that job like it's not too late it's not um the worst thing in the world to work a job that you don't enjoy because for one it helps you identify no you don't want to be here and I think that I kind of talked about this in the last episode that I recorded with Amy um that's why I loved my internship because I realized the world that I was in, I had three guys that I had to um, report for harassment in the 10 weeks that I was there. I hated the hours. I hated the commute. I hated the lifestyle. And I just realized like, this is not the life that I want to live. This is not the environment that I want to be working in. And if I hadn't had that experience, I wouldn't have known that. I would have maybe taken a full-time job that I would have hated even more five years down the road that I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders to leave. So I think internship is really important, but also I think those experiences really help you decide where you want to be. I mean, I've changed jobs slash careers like three times since I graduated and I've only been graduated for almost four years. Um, And I think that's okay. I think if we allowed young people to explore a bit more, when they're younger, there wouldn't be so much debt for nothing to show <laughs> after a college degree. Like 
stop putting pressure on kids to figure out what they want to do for the rest of their life at age 20. I agree. Well, that's, I, I agree. And that's like one of the major points that I always think about when I think back to how like gap years are so like frowned upon or gaps in resumes or the space between, and it's a little different now because of COVID, but the space between when you graduate and when you get your first job, I For those who graduate and have no idea what they want to do, if I could express this point enough, I would. It's just like really live that up. Those moments where you have no idea what you want to do are vital. Like where you're not being forced to work in a job that's so unrelated to what you want to do that it's going to like ruin your future. Or work in a coffee shop. Exactly. Wait tables. There's no shame in that until you figure out what you want. Because it's better that you work a job where it's like, you might not be doing exactly what you want to be doing, but you're working a job that's like fun and engaging and fulfilling. And maybe it's literally just like sitting at a, a shop downtown on Main Street. Like if you enjoy what you're doing and it's allowing you to give that, give you that time of like not because I mean, salary jobs, like Sarah mentioned, she was working 75 hours a week. I was working upward, like between depending on the week, 60 to 80 hours a week. That's just not humane. It's not humane. When I lived in France, my host mom thought it was insane that Americans worked so much. She's like, I think it's crazy. Like no work on the weekends, no like two hour lunch breaks every single day. Like the way of life over there is just so much more humane. Americans in college, I remember I came home from that semester in France and I had a 20 minute lunch break between classes and my day was go, go, go. Like your body goes into fight or flight and it stays in that from the second you wake up till the second you go to sleep and that's just not how we were meant to live so yeah I mean I'm all for the whole like work a job that is just it's getting you by you're not miserable in it but maybe it's not your dream job and they're like I don't care what other (laughs) I don't care what other people think like I used to not be that way I used to really care what other people thought and that's why I took that job originally it's why I've winded up wound up in a lot of situations that I have in the past but um the more you step into doing what you want because it's truly what you want to do the less you care about what other people think because you see the progress that it's making inside of you and you just feel better about it yeah I agree (laughs) um but off of that so yes times were tough and you know times aren't super rosy these days like there's still tough things that I'm working through that Sarah's working through Um, but I would bet you that we can both like off the top of our head, say three things, amazing things that came out of those really hard times and it's okay to feel it all and to kind of like acknowledge how hard a situation is, recognize the reality of it, feel it. Um, don't invalidate yourself. I, I notice this about myself sometimes, especially now, like when I find myself grieving about my divorce or just like having a tough day, whether I'm crying or sad, or I don't know, eating a piece of pizza, whatever. Like, (laughs) I'm like, what am I doing here? Um, it, it, it's easy to say like, oh, you shouldn't be feeling that. Oh, you shouldn't be feeling bad. Uh, Like, don't invalidate yourself. Allow yourself to feel it because when you f- allow yourself to feel it, it empties the tank and it's not just like festering inside of you. It's like 
I don't know, something in the fridge. Like you want to like use up your food before it rots. And if you let it sit there, it's going to rot and become more smelly than it was when it was just fine. Um, That might've been a really weird and bad (laughs) analogy, but I don't know. It just came to mind. I got it. (laughs) So I want, um, I want Sarah, I'll have you start. I want you to share three things that when you look back, yeah, those times are tough, but what are three things that you're grateful for that came out of that, whether it's a, like a life lesson or people or um, something you learned about yourself, what would those three things be for you? Yeah, so I, that is something that's super important to me with every single thing I do in my life, like any sort of event that I do, I always am the person who like, I'll get in my car and sit at the wheel and like, I'll get out of like a workout class, for example, like try Orange Theory. And then I sat in my car and I was like, okay, like, what did I really like about this? What did I not really like about this? And like, what did I, like, what can I bring with this moment in life with me? Whether it's a negative or a positive, I'm going to carry it with me and then learn from it and then hopefully help others. Also, if they ever need like help, whatever, with their experiences, maybe I can help them with this little bit that I brought with me. Um, For example, so I moved, it was not only did I move to the city from a town that has like 1,000 people in it, (laughs) I did it during COVID. Uh, which was very difficult. And I was in a job, like I mentioned, that I was really unhappy about, one that made me want to stay in bed all day when I'm normally out of bed all day outside, jumping, climbing trees, you name it, that's what I'm doing. Um, I think something that I really gained from it was being more open with my partner, actually, um, which is something that's not directly job related. Um, But if you do have a partner or a roommate, Um, sometimes when you're so entrapped in your work, whether it's school, your job, um, whether it's negative or positive, um, it can really impact your internal communications as well as your external communications. And I found that initially I could have very easily ruined my relationship with my now fiance. Um, our, Our communications turned into me crying, being upset about my job every single day and finding the most negative parts of every single day. And that's what we would talk about at dinner. And then we would go to sleep and I'd wake up and I'd do it the next day. Um, What I really learned from that after taking a moment and like using a journal and realizing, writing down instead of what I was negative about every single day, really working hard to pull the positives. Um, And what I learned from that was not only are my communications extremely negative, not only with my partner, but with my parents, my sister, um, that those are the moments in every single day that when you are working a really horrible job or you're really struggling in school or you have like a bad relationship, those conversations that you have are dire. Those are crucial moments in your day. Those little pockets, like you're making dinner with your partner or you and your roommate are doing like Taco Tuesday. Um, those pieces of communication are what is going to turn your day from the worst day ever (laughs) into potentially the best day ever, or even just a little brighter, 2% brighter than it was. Um, So that's something that I, that's one thing that I really learned um, was those communications outside of your workplace. You have the potential to make your communications outside your workplace, outside of school, equally as bad as the situation that you are struggling from every single day, whether you hate your boss, hate your manager, we've all had those days, Um, but you have to work hard to turn those discussions. It's really just like as cliche as it is, like flip the light switch, you know, like instead of saying like, wow, my manager made me work like 14 extra hours this week, like how dare she? 
Instead, it's like, well, how was your day? And like, do you want to go for a walk down by the harbor? Or, you know what I mean? So I really learned to turn it off. And not that I'm hiding those feelings away. They're still there. Um, but I learned how to like journal. Journaling was like a really large outlet for me um, in creativity. I started embroidering, um, which is something I really learned to do. So I took like really negative energy and channeled it somewhere else, not necessarily in communications. Um, but that was one big one. Um, I think another lesson that I really learned is I kind of already touched upon it. Um, but even so if you're in a really bad place, even the smallest movement or smallest change from your current situation can go miles and miles. Um, so for example, I remember I was really upset because I was sitting at my desk. I was at my desk for hours of the day, like 14 hours, 16 hours. And it was dark and it was depressing. And I learned like the one thing I was like, you know, I have to work this job right now, like COVID, like I might not be able to get another job. I did one small change. It was getting a like sanding desk <laughs> and it made like my days so much better. But that, that was just like a, my, um, like a small change. But I really thought about that on like a larger scale. So even if it's like you're really depressed during the day and you have been working in the dark and you choose to like go walk over to the light switch and turn it on, you know, on a day when like you really don't want to get out of bed and you make like that one movement. You know, like that one small change, the one small movement is it's in, you're going in the right direction, even if it's something small, like you might not have, I was so scared when you were talking to me about like quitting your job. I was like, I cannot have anyone hate me. Like I'm always on someone's good side. I was like, I can't, like, I can't quit my job. Like I cannot do it. And I slowly built up with those like very small milestone steps to being able to eventually turn that large thing into a small Thing because of how hard I worked on everything in my life mm -hmm. and I was able to make that change and like look where I am now I love where I live I love my job I have a puppy I'm like I'm so much happier and it was just because I made those small decisions to make smaller steps put in the effort and whether it's turning on a light switch or getting that desk that will make you stand up more during the day or like mm -hmm. open getting a, a ring light so that you have like more sun um, that is something that I really stick with me every, with everything, like getting a new pair of shoes at the gym, because like that one time, like it bothers you like a little bit, it's stuff like that, which I think is so important. And those little things really do equate out like at the end of the year, like it's the new, new year, um, yeah. you know, like you, you could look back and if you wrote down one thing you're grateful for every single day, which is something that I did last year. And you're like, wow, like it, it was, it might've been like, I didn't have to bend down and tie my shoe today because that really annoys me at the treadmill or something silly. You look back and you're like, these are all so small, but together, like look at the progress I've made, you know? Baby um, steps add up. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I really like that one a lot. And I have one that's kind of similar, but um, I'm yeah. going to share your third <laughs> and then I'll share mine. Yeah. I, I would say the third one too is to just, for me, I've very much so always been in like the sphere of being, of being comfortable. And it, it kind of relates back to, you know, like it's, it's, it's easy to just stay where you are. Um, it's super easy. We talked about it. Like it's easy to not like my uh, fiance, he went from eating meat to going like vegetarian and now he's vegan. Like it could have been very easy for him to stay. Um, but now he's, he's vegan and he's happy. He's healthy. He like loves everything. Um, but I guess the thing that I would take away from that is to really 
work on not being afraid of making moves um, and being open to challenges. Um, I just think there's so much room for growth and putting ourselves. The, the phrase that I put in my, on like my graduation cap and in my yearbook in high school is like finding comfort in discomfort, um, which is something that I've always strived. I strive to do it just because like, if you're in a, if you're ever feeling discomfort or you're unhappy, you're, you're growing as much as you don't think you are, regardless, you're growing. Even if you're in like a bad place, whatever, the minute that you're not comfortable, how you act in those moments are actions of growth. Um, so for me, I always try to, even if it's like, it's something that the other day I was driving on like a road with ice and I'm like, I can turn around and I probably should have turned around. Um, and especially since I'm living in the South now and I'm visiting home. So I'm like, I haven't driven on icy roads in a while. This could go wrong, but I did it. I drove and you know, I could have turned around, but instead I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to work on this because going down hills in winter scares me. And so I'm finding, I'm trying to make a discomfort comfortable. And you can only do that by putting yourself in those instances. So for me, picking up and moving from Manhattan to Charlotte, North Carolina, like 11 hour drive, you know, and it was the best decision I have made in 2021. Like looking back, it was the best decision for my mental health emotional, physical health that I could have ever done. And I never would have done it if I was afraid of putting myself in an uncomfortable situation. Um, so my advice is just like, always just like try, you fail, you know, like it's not a failure. It's just trial and error. I always say, you know, like you have a chance to try again, you know? Yeah. Um, so be more fearless. And I'm taking that with me into the new year, of course, um, it's just continuing to be fearless and really making discomfort my comfort you know so yeah sorry, those are a little long-winded but no I like I, that I, I really love comfort in or finding comfort in discomfort I think um like I this kind of brings up the point where I was like yeah everyone told me like oh this is how it is this is life it's miserable it sucks but like yes that might be your reality sometimes where like you're in that discomfort but I really like the idea of finding the comfort within it because sometimes it isn't realistic and like I hope this conversation doesn't come off as like oh you hate your job just go quit like (laughs) you have to balance doing what you have to do in order to make ends meet like I've done that I (laughs) I worked so many jobs Mm -hmm. to make ends meet because this year's been like a tough one but um I know that it's temporary and I know that like by putting in the work now it will pay off so finding the discomfort the comfort in the discomfort I don't mean to negate what I said earlier and I don't mean to make it sound super easy where you're like just gonna throw your job out and like live on whatever and like go homeless like that obviously isn't realistic and that's not what we're saying here um but I've always said where there's a will there's a way if you're not happy where you are you can change it and it might not happen overnight but it it's up to you to make those steps and to change and to start the conversations and to start looking into like what to do next um so off of that the three things that I learned from my experience um specifically at this job because that's what we're talking about here the project management positions that we were in um I kind of tried to jot them down the first one I graduated college and although I'd like to believe I was confident when I graduated college I wasn't 
I was super intimidated. I thought that I was a loser. I didn't party in college. I didn't have any friends. Like, I know that makes me sound super depressing, but it's like, that's where I was at. Like, yes, I was, I was stoked for graduating college. Like I was stoked that like Holy Banana had started just a year before, like, but I still had this like big, um, and I'm not going to lie. I'm still working through some of this, but this deep rooted belief that like, I'm just going to follow for the rest of my life. Like I can't be a leader. What's being a leader. Um, and this job made me realize that I can, that's what I wrote down, made me realize that I can and not, I can do X, Y, Z. It just made me realize that I can, like I had to make sure that people were meeting their deadlines. And I was terrified to go up to people sometimes and say, Hey, have you done this? Because I didn't know how they would respond to me. But the more I did it, the more I realized like, Oh, I can do this. I mean, I've told this, I don't know if I've mentioned this on my podcast, but I've told friends, um, I used to be incapable of picking up the phone and ordering a pizza. I could not go into the grocery store alone. I remember the first time my mom made me go in, I, I was like, I was literally begging her. Like I was crying. I was like, no, I can't go in there. And, and I, she didn't do anything wrong. She was encouraging me to go in there alone and just, I don't know, like buy milk. I forget what I was going in there to get, but um, I like, I had social anxiety to that point. And working a job like this made me realize that I can. I remember the I was there for a couple months and the producer that was there decided to leave and go to another company in Vermont. Um, good for her. It was a great move for her. Um, they put me into her position, kind of taking on those roles. And we had a shoot coming up. This was in just before Christmas. And we had a shoot coming up just after Christmas in Utah for BF Goodrich. So if you don't know that brand, it's a huge tire brand, like very, very huge, like racing tire. Like they have a bunch of different lines of tires, but um, very big brand. And here we were going to do a, a video shoot, a photo video shoot. And I was the one responsible for coordinating everything. Okay. So I had to get lodging. I had to make sure everyone was fed. I had to make sure equipment was rented. I had to make sure equipment arrived. I had to make sure that plane tickets were bought for everyone I had to coordinate freelancers I like it was a lot of work I had to make sure that we had um rights to usage on music on locations I mean there were pieces that they definitely helped with on their end once we got there but like this was a lot of pressure to put on a 22 year old out of college who had no idea what she was doing um but again, it made me realize that I can, because I got through that with the help of everyone there. It was, it, it was fun. Like it was stressful, but it was fun. Um, and it just made me realize like when I don't know how to do something, it's because I don't know how to do it. And I will learn how to do it if I do it. <laughs> I know that was a bit repetitive, but I meant what I said. Um, so yeah, um, it made me realize that I can. And then I would say the second one is that it taught me how to be treated. And this is a double, okay, let me explain this one. It taught me how to be treated because there were people there that mistreated me. You find those people everywhere you go, every job, unfortunately, unless you're in like a really good work environment and they do exist. But this one, there were people there that did not treat me right. Um, and I started making realizations when I was there that expanded out to my relationships in my personal life. Um, so 
I would say it taught me how to be treated not only as an employee, but as a daughter, a sister, a friend, a fiance, um, and then a wife. Um, yeah, it, it allowed me to step into that knowledge of no, this isn't okay. And yes, this is, and like, this isn't like, I, I'm not settling for this. Um, then the third one, I would say it gave me, and this one is like, maybe cliche. It gave me the support that I needed to make a change that I didn't even know I was going to have to make. Um, it's weird how everything happens for a reason in life. It sets you like nothing is coincidence. Life always sets you up with exactly what you need at the right time. Nothing is, is off timing. I met my friends at my former job that literally housed me through my separation. They, it kind of goes back to the taught me how to be treated. Like I witnessed their relationships and I realized what was going on with mine was not okay. Um, and without them, like I've talked about this, I think briefly in other podcasts, but we separated multiple times leading up to the time that we actually officially separated and went forward with the divorce. And the reasons that I theorize that those prior separations did not stick is because I didn't have the support that I needed in order for those separations to stick. Like it was too easy for me to go back because I didn't have the people or the places around me to help me withstand what that separation was going to mean for me. Like how devastating that was going to be. I just didn't have what I needed around me. Um, but by the time May came, um, May 2021 is when I, I May 8th, I moved out. Um, and that date, I finally moved out. I had those people and places around me that came. I mean, there were other people too, but these people came from this job, this job that sucked at times. It made me cry. It made me wake up in terror nightmares like from stress and anxiety and I was like working at all hours of the night sometimes to get things done and like my fellow employees um were rude and mean at times like it I mean it just it wasn't a great situation but when I look at it it gave me exactly what I needed to get through another very difficult time in my life so for that I would never ever change out what happened at that job um so yeah, three huge things that happened for me in that position. So the reason I had Sarah and I go through that is to nail in that point that everything happens for a reason and everything has a lesson that comes with it. Uh, maybe it's a painful lesson. For me, my, like my marriage, there were a lot of painful lessons that came through that whole life experience. Um, but there are also some good ones. There, there's good and bad in every life lesson, but um, yeah, there's always life lessons to be learned. And even if something hurts a whole lot and it just feels like it was a mess up and not part of the plan, rest assured that it was because nothing is coincidence in this life ever. Um, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So we just got real, real. <laughs> uh, we got real, real. <laughs> real, real. Um, I, I hope that that conversation helped our listeners. I know every time, I know that I always say that, like, I hope this helps someone listening, but like, 
I'm going to say it like these conversations always help me. I always make realizations when I'm talking to people like this on the podcast. So as much as I'm doing this for everyone out there, this like, this is amazing for me too. So, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you are ever, um, working through something like this, try to find someone who you can have an honest conversation with, because it really helps you process stuff in a way that you can't when you're just inside your head with it all. I would say always, and it's helped me too. My, my parents actually went through a really bad divorce when I was growing up and it, it was a long divorce. <laughs> it, it wasn't like a one and done situation. Um, and it was really hard for my sister and I. And one thing that we both did to help us, and it, this is just an example, is we tried to find people in our lives who had not suffered through similar, kind of suffered through similar situations, um, but had been through similar hardships, mm-hmm. similar situations. Um, and had not only maybe they weren't finished growing from it, or maybe they are still in the, the trenches of it. Um, but that has been something that has really stuck with me too throughout my whole life is if, if you have and like maybe mental illness, um, I know I have anxiety <laughs> talking with people who share similar flaws in, in just in their life, the way they grew up, it helps so much and that's why Anna was like the best person ever and it was like the timing like could never have been more perfect it was at a moment when I was in a really dark bad place um and like these types of conversations and just that maybe even a post on Instagram can genuinely change someone's outlook on life the way they wake up the next morning um choosing to wake up the next morning you know what I mean um so I always say like find somebody who is also maybe struggling or find somebody who recovered um, or, you know, find somebody who is going through it right now and maybe you can help them. Um, mm-hmm. And just even a small conversation, an Instagram post, you know, like even like a message, you know, like it, it really, it like with Anna, it like changed my outlook on the way I continued to live my life and look like where I am now. I hate always saying that's like, well, look where I am now, but like genuinely, really like it's so true. Like it's the little things and you can make you can make a change and make a difference it's true and you never know like until you reached out and like a couple like when I was going through that job transition like I never really knew that my stuff resonated that much with you you know like it it takes a message and you never know who you're going to reach you never know who's going to really benefit from what you're saying but from experience I promise you someone will because we are all moving through this life with hardship the same way that the person next to you is but we're just not talking about it right and when you can finally open up I mean that's why that's why I started opening up about this kind of stuff because when I was going through my eating disorder there was a girl her name was Hannah that shared and she's the re like she was the light for me in that darkness and I was determined to pay it forward. She's actually no longer on the space. She actually quit Instagram, which is amazing for her. Like if that's what worked for her and she was done with that chapter of her life, I'm sad because she's not on any social media anymore. So I can't like, I'd love to talk with her and say like, Hey, like you really helped me. Like you were the one that kickstarted my recovery and look at like what I've grown to do now because you inspired me to do that I love maybe I'll try to get her on the podcast someday if I can get in touch I was gonna with say her. that sounds like a good idea <laughs> she is so like she was such an inspiration for me but that's where my passion for it came from because I realized how much this girl was helping me 
And it became a passion of mine to pass that on because I feel, or I felt at the time, like, okay, she's helped me and I'm like in a better spot. And that's amazing. But I feel selfish for sitting with that and not passing it on. You know, like, I just felt like my life wasn't as fulfilling if I sat there and benefited alone from that inspiration. So I'm really glad that my page has helped you though. Um, And to you and to everyone out there that inspires me as well. Thank you. Because we all, like, it all goes around in a circle. Like we're all here to support each Mm -hmm. other. And it's just about finding the people that really can be that for you. Um, So I, I thank Sarah for coming on. It's New Year's Eve. We're recording this before (laughs) dinner time on New Year's Eve. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Um, I will finish up with some fun questions like I normally do. Um, I'll start with, do you have anything fun for New Year's Eve happening? I don't necessarily have anything super fun I usually it's kind of ironic and not to jump back into a sad topic but I'm actually somebody who doesn't do really well with change so like when the new so typically when the new year changes I immediately get in kind of like a sad uh, I have a sad moment you know it's a new year and change is very hard whether it's literally the year changing or like a new car which I also had issues with because I was like I got a new car and I love my old car and it, little things like that, but I'm actually get to spend New Year's with my family, which I'm really lucky um, because COVID situations and everything, um, but we're all super happy and healthy. So I'm glad that I get to spend it with my mom and dad and my sister and then my fiance as well. Um, so that is, it, it's exciting for me to just be here. Um, although I do have to drive home to Charlotte tomorrow, but oh, I, I am really say, excited. So you're in Cooperstown yeah. now. I am in Cooperstown okay. and it's new. So it's like, I stay up very late on New Year's and then I will wake up and then drive 11 hours home. Oh, geez, so we'll, we'll see how that we'll see how that happens. And but how that's that works, but. that's fun that you get to spend it with your family. My family has always done game nights on New Year's Eve, like Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, Christmas. We'll like do like the grandparents and like gifts and dinner and everything. But like um, New Year's Eve was always like a. We would sometimes go ice skating, but normally we would just stay in and play board games, which was always fun. So. I love board games, so I'd be I'd have fun with that too. Tonight is Wii game night. We're gonna play some Wii games, so I'm very excited. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Make dinner. Very cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, okay, and let me think. What's your favorite food? Um, so I would say I really love sushi. <laughs> but Not I also a bad choice. Pancakes, like weird combinations when you them together. But yeah, so I would say like, because I am vegan. So like my choices, like, I really also like tofu scramble, which is so weird because I feel like nobody else's favorite food is tofu scramble. But like a (laughs) good tofu scramble, like 10 out of 10 would recommend it to everyone. But yes, love tofu scramble, pancakes, sushi. That's my top three, probably. Yeah, (laughs) I've never had tofu scramble, but I don't mind tofu. It's really not bad if you prepare it properly. I was going to say, if you make it the right way, season it. Yeah, you make anything the right way. It's good. Um, okay, if you had to choose one condiment for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Like what? Oh my gosh. One. This is sure. the hardest question because I'm a big <laughs> sauce girl. Like everybody who knows me, they're like, oh, you should see my, my refrigerator. It's like all sauces. And like <laughs> to me, condiment, it's so funny. I have like a sauce addiction. I would say like condiment wise, like are you talking about like the basic condiments or like like ketchup, mustard, like like any May. sauce, any embellishment so like, that you put on food. I think like chipotle aioli. I know that sounds like the like bougiest, annoying answer ever, but 
and like chipotle aioli like i was joking about it the other day but i'm like when i die bury me in chipotle <laughs> like literally i love it so much so, it yeah, sounds chipotle like that's your aioli. favorite sauce then so that's what yeah. you choose literally i'll have to try anything. this i've never had chipotle aioli I, there's a good vegan recipe because sometimes like aiolis are like they have mayo but there's like a really good vegan recipe i should send it to you because it's actually equally mm. as good as like have you ever had primal kitchen mayo no but it's I'm, funny you mentioned that because i had a friend who actually mentioned primal kitchen the other day and i was like primal, oh. i don't use um like i don't buy sauces and stuff from the store because of like mm-hmm. the inflammatory oils and stuff that are mm-hmm. in them primal we kitchen do a lot is, of our yeah yeah primal kitchen is the only brand that i've found that doesn't have like sunflower, safflower, canola oil, or soybean, soybean oil. Um, so I love their mayo is like, oh my God, <laughs> I put it That's on a, baked, I put it on a baked potato with ketchup and paprika and cheese yesterday. And I was in literal heaven. It was so that good. Sounds really good. Just hearing it. I'm like, <laughs> it was so good. Um, okay. Last question. If you could have lunch with anyone, who would it be and why? This is very difficult. Oh my gosh. I feel like I needed like a day's worth of preparation for this. <laughs> um, I would say, oh my gosh, this is so I'm really into like the outdoors. Um, and I'm like a big like outdoorsy person. I I recently was answering like some trivia questions about like environmentalism and stuff like that. So I would say like Rachel Carson, she wrote um Silent Spring. It's like a very it was like warning us about like global warming environmental like it's very environmental but she's like very famous I would love to sit down and have a conversation with her and look at like where we are today versus where we were then when she wrote the book um but I I, I'm just really fascinated by anybody who's like super outdoorsy or like people that have like climbed like crazy like mountains or the people that did like Everest or whatever and like crazy time like anybody like that but her in particular because she is like a literary genius at the same time and was able to like transfer her thoughts onto paper and just like be a woman also at the same time it's just like incredible to me so I would love to sit down chat give her some tofu scramble put some chipotle aioli <laughs> yep. I'm, t- I'm thinking about it right now and I'm like oh god it's so good but <laughs> <laughs> I'm always in the market for a good book recommendation so I'll have to pick that yeah. one yeah and it's like a class like it, it's it's a must read just for okay. anybody who's like environmentally sound and then also just like it's just really well written so I can't think yeah. of two people off the top of my head already that should read it then cool awesome sweet well Sarah that was super fun um super inspirational lots of light bulbs going off as we talked so I really appreciate it I'm sure we'll do another podcast in the future it doesn't sound like I feel like our conversation could have gone on for much longer but I I have to be somewhere at 5 30 so I do have to I know I was gonna say it's new year so we we gotta bring in that new year so (laughs) but well thank you so much um listeners thank you for uh listening in this week again I will have another episode out next Sunday another real conversation because that's what I'm here for holding space um for everyone that comes on to tell their story truthfully and authentically. So that's what we're here for. Thank you, everyone. This is great. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. And thank you, everyone. Happy New Year to everyone. And I guess our next episode, well, I guess this one's coming out. We're already in the new year, but um, next time we're recording, we'll be in the new year. <laughs> okay.
All right. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, everyone. Have a great night. Whoa.